It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, everyone? I'm Mike Singer, joined by Tim Hyde, Notre Dame Football Show, here on YouTube, Pod Like a Champion, if you're listening via podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and that your week is treating you uh, like you would hope. Tim, you doing well, my friend? How's your week, man? All's going good. All's going good, man. We got camp life. We got scrimmage last night. Tons of media stuff. Tons of stuff on Blue and Gold. Excited. Let's get rocking on this show. So, we got a good one. I love, I love what you prep, so... Let's get to talking. Yeah, we do have a really good show today. And uh, if you're joining us live, you're watching back, please do hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. Um, Tim, do you have your phone out in front of you by any chance? Uh, I will in 2.2 seconds. Go. All right, let me send you a graphic that I just had made today by the awesome graphics team. But on three, I'm not ready to publicize. I'm not ready to put it out there yet, but it's our show lineup for the fall. Okay. Doesn't that, I mean, obviously the graphic looks amazing, but like the lineup looks outstanding. The the five shows that we're planning um, to have each and every week. Um, so really excited about the, um, the continued video and podcast coverage at Blue and Gold, as well as obviously um, our written coverage at blueandgold.com. And yeah, even the magazine is going strong um, as well, bluegoldonline.com. So um yeah lots going on um definitely exciting what is it two weeks away basically two weeks so next week we'll probably do some kind of season prediction show yep. um we'll give a bunch of prompts that that tim and i will tackle and that's going to be a lot of fun uh joining us on today's show we'll have tyler horka um who was at that practice uh that that full scrimmage yesterday um and you can find the recap video with him and jack so we'll talk about it really good stuff um, for more coverage out of that. Um, so yeah, really excited for today's show. We got some pretty cool stuff um, to talk about. It, it, Tim, it's funny. Some of these shows like in the spring and summer could just be like a hundred percent recruiting. <laughs> and now it's 100% team and just college football in general. It's, it's, it's always an interesting um, kind of thing with these shows. Uh, but, you know, just to start the show, we got to pay some bills real quick. Um, and this is the new sponsor that we have, guys. That's actually a really cool sponsor. Uh, it's an amazing collegiate clothing line, Home Field Apparel. They're based out of Indianapolis, and folks, uh, they are committed to creating um, comfortable clothing. Excuse me, clothing, and it is officially licensed as well. One of the great things about their uh, about this product is the design. Tim, I really, and, and podcast audience, I'm sorry, um, you just have to you just have to believe me on YouTube. This Notre Dame Fighting Irish tennis crew neck, I want it. Like, I want this thing. It, it just, when are you ever going to get Notre Dame tennis little sweatshirt? I just think that their stuff is so unique. Um, and yeah, you got to check it out uh, at homefieldapparel.com. Um, uh, they actually have licenses to over 150 colleges. So 
Um, maybe you're buying something for someone else. So maybe you're, you know, getting yourself a shirt and someone else, something, maybe you're one of those fans who likes two different schools. You could get clothing, um, you know, multiple clothing. And if you use the promo code blue gold, 23, again, blue gold, 23, all one word, you'll get 15% off your first order. Uh, sites really easy to shop and find that perfect college gear that you need to complete your game day outfit. So uh, be prepared this fall by shopping today at homefieldapparel.com. And again, folks, use that promo code bluegold23 and receive 15% off your purchase. Tim, did anything kind of stand out here that you liked if you were were, uh, looking at the screen here? Tim? Tim, you're muted, my friend. Do, 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 do. You're doing the ad and I'm relaxing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'll wear anything Notre Dame. You know what? I don't have anything gold or yellowish. Maybe I'll get a gold or yellow shirt. I got a lot of green, a lot of green. I mean, this Notre Dame hockey one is sick. Like I do love Notre Dame hockey. I I've been watching Notre Dame hockey for a while. I enjoy, I enjoy Notre Dame hockey. you, You know, when I'm done reading the ad and I keep wanting to talk about it, um, that, you know, I, I actually am pretty fired up about it. Um, there's just something about this 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 Notre Dame crew neck. Like that's that just seems like hipsterish to me. And I'm not a hipster at all, but there's just something that I want to wear this. Um, so yeah, check it out, homefieldapparel.com again, blue gold, 23, 15% off your order. Rick, I see you. I am ignoring you for now. Um you you can have your people talk to my people, um, but uh, but yeah, all right. Uh, first topic for today: interesting comments from Dave Clawson. Tim, you you like Dave Clawson, right? Good ball coach. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of coaches that go to places you cannot win and you win. Like David Cutcliffe, everyone raves about Cutcliffe. Goes to Duke. He was. I mean, Old Miss hasn't hadn't won anything forever, and he went down there and won uh, a double-digit game. So, huge fan of – I mean, w- Wig's got to be the hardest job in Division One. I, I would say. I mean, who the heck wants to go to Wake Forest to play football? Right. So, um, yeah, he's a winner. He's a heck of a ball coach. Yeah, I covered Wake Forest um, maybe two beats before I started covering Notre Dame. Um, and, yeah, Dave Clawson, Mike Elko is the defensive coordinator. Um, I can't remember who Wake Wake Forest. I think it was Wake Forest was in the recruiting the 2016 class, and they had a quarterback. I can't remember his name, or maybe was, I'm forgetting the years. But whatever it is, then the next year they already had their quarterback committed, right? Right? They're they're Deuce Knight, right? That rising junior. Guess who that was? Oh, Hartman back then. Damn right? Hartman. Hartman. So when Mike Singer was you know 22, 23 years old, I was covering Sam Hartman's recruitment. Um, so I think that makes Sam Hartman about 45 years old. I'll um, tell you what, the Clawson, I mean, he's at quarterbacks. So I know they play Wake at the end. I think that's senior game, I believe, this year, if I remember right. Don't have yeah. the schedule in front of me. But he's had quarterbacks. Every quarterback that's played for him has been a dude. Yeah. So um, he's, he's, a heck of a, he's a heck of an offensive football coach. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to pop this up on the screen here. Um, so, And I'm actually going to play the audio this time. I know I didn't last week. Um, I'll show that, that Goolsby video. So, which a side note, when you have some of these recruiting websites, um, 
you know, the, you know, what people call the, the recruiting services, you know, 24 seven rivals on three. I feel like a lot of the news breaking is in coaching, searching and recruiting, but on three, their national coverage has, I think it's different. Like it's, it's like a football scoop in ESPN. Like we have like big time reporters. We have Andy Staples. Um, Andy Staples is a recent hire by on three. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Pete Nakos is a guy at on three is like big and reporting into NIL and some of this conference realignment stuff. Even, you know, had an article recently about, you know, uh, confirming EA sports and their video game coming out next year. So I don't know. Say what you want about some of the things about on three, but I, I, I'm pretty fired up about the direction of some of these, some of these hires. But anyways, we're going to hear from Dave Clawson. I'm going to cut it midway through the video because then he starts talking about their current quarterback, which is not really important um, to this discussion, but uh, he does talk about, um, Sam Hartman in in the quarterback transfer there. It's actually pretty interesting, Tim, what he has to say here. So we're going to give this a listen. Sam gave us five years. uh, And Sam was very uh, upfront and honest that, Coach, I want to go to the NFL. But if these crazy numbers that people are throwing out there are real, I'm crazy to not at least test that market. Pause. Bro, what? Like that's that's the first. In the second video we're gonna play, I'm gonna continue this though because I think he's not done with this thought. The second video kind of correlates a lot to unpacks. So we're gonna keep playing though. And uh, and so that happened with him, and we had confidence in Mitch. And what's happened here, Andy, is you know. Okay, so that's where he starts talking about like the quarterback room and how they've always been able to kind of have that next quarterback in line. But now we're gonna play this quote. This is. This is interesting. Oh, crap. Is it plans? And all those okay. guys. All right. Singer's still learning. All right. I think this will work now. Here we go. Sorry about that. You know, people want to talk about what we lost. I mean, we had six to eight players, Andy, that were offered between one hundred and fifty dollars and $500,000 by other schools. And all those guys chose to stay. Okay. First... So they were offered those numbers, right? Well, Hartman didn't choose to stay. So then I saw someone respond saying, neat, in that case, I look forward. This is a four safe and neat. I look, in that case, I look forward to seeing Sam Hartman behind center when we play you this season. Effing liars. Andy says Sam got a lot more than half a million. And I guess Clawson talks about that situation in the interview too. So. Go to the On3 YouTube channel, or I'm sure it's as a podcast as well. Tim, I'm like, like Sam Hartman's doing really well in the NIL category at Notre Dame. That is for sure. But are we to believe that it, it just, when you put some of this together, it sounds like there were back channels here to get Notre Dame, right? Like I think even before the bowl game, right for Wake Forest or, or the day after there's reports St. Hartman Notre Dame so this is just interesting stuff as you kind of put this together what do you think oh yeah I mean that Sam Hartman stuff was before the bowl game the Wake Forest people started to break that and Clawson came out publicly and says oh yeah you know he's you know he's leaving he you know he knew that but you know what he doesn't sound like he has bad feelings because like he says he has five, he gave him five years so he went and played five years there but um yeah I mean you can I mean, is there tampering? Of course. I mean, how do 
Yeah, you know, we go back to Phil Dracovic. He goes to the portal and he's at Pitt within less than 24 hours. You know, it's not like he all of a sudden recruited, you know, recruit visit and went out there. So much of this stuff's behind the scenes. And Sam, I mean, he says Sam Hartman came to me saying these are the schools out there. It, it's been reported there's plenty of schools that took uh, transfer portal quarterbacks contacted Sam Hartman. So I'm of the opinion he didn't come for free. And if people think Notre Dame, he came to Notre Dame for free. Yeah, you can believe what you want. I don't believe he did. Tip, those videos did play, right? I know we yeah. had the snafu, but okay, you guys could hear that chat. Okay. Um, Tim, what's interesting is there is a recruit in the 2023 class who I um I heard from someone just kind of covering the recruitment or close to it. I don't remember. Someone was like, Yeah, Notre Dame's offering some money to Jeremiah Love. Crap. Well, I just said the recruit's name. There you go. It slipped. So someone was like, yeah, Notre Dame's really playing the NIL game with Jeremiah Love. And then I remember talking. I really did not mean to say his name, but yeah, this is live show. But anyways, then I talked to a Notre Dame source and it's like, I literally got laughed off the phone when I was like, is that true? Laughed off the phone that that was bogus information. So, um, I bring that up to say, I don't know like what to believe in some of this, man. Like it's just so unpredictable and um, it, 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 I don't know what to believe. Yeah. I, I mean, when, I mean, Van Dyke basically said he was offered, you know, large amounts, meaning a million plus to leave Miami and he chose to stay. I, I believe it. Then why are guys, leaving so much why are guys moving around so much why are certain schools getting guys they've get you know they're getting it's it's obvious so you know i i've been a notre dame fan my whole life you know they're you know i'm sure they're doing something i mean why did he choose why did he choose notre dame to come for free so i don't i highly doubt he just came oh i'm gonna do nil i'm gonna go work at the local boys club and, and get my 25 bucks an hour no you know, come on so uh, I mean, there's a lot more going to that. I'll be, and tons of Notre Dame guys have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in NIL. Tons of things have gone out there. I mean, Kyle Hamilton didn't get do his podcast for free on the Colin Coward Network. So, you know, he got good money. But, um, yeah, I mean, Hartman obviously went out there and he shopped around. So there are schools, especially in the SEC, that it's been reported that contacted him. And SEC doesn't give out, you know, you don't go for free there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm of the opinion, of course it is. And the tampering's out there. So many coaches say it. But Clawson says in the interview, it's a great interview with Staples. I watched the whole thing earlier today. And he just says, you know, he, first off, he's an old school ball coach. So he's not going to go out there and say so-and-so called and so-and-so. He literally does say it's back channels. It is people calling high school coaches, the local scout, someone in his hometown that reaches out. This is what his players told him. And there's tons of schools that have come out saying that's how it works. That's how these guys get going. So, yeah. um, I mean, even the back channel, you know what? I mean, just be honest with Tyler Buckner. I mean, what's the odds? Obviously, Tommy Reese is a coach at Alabama. But what are the odds his family was talking to Tommy Reese? You're not yeah. supposed to be doing that, but you know he was. All of a sudden, he plays the spring game, and he's at the, he's in the portal by Tuesday. He knew where he was yeah. going. That's why he submitted that do not contact, right? He knew he was going. Right. He put that on the transfer form. So it happens. And I'm of the opinion he didn't come for free. What did Hartman get? Who knows? True. It's it's free agency, right? Yes. That's why I'll, I mean that's why so many people are 
you know, running around and going crazy. And um, I mean, I mean, Notre Dame got Carter, obviously he come up from FCS. There's a ton of FCS guys that are moving up and yeah. going back to the, with the Trent Dilfer comment a month ago where he literally mentioned a dozen of his players are being contacted during spring because you know, the power fives need depth. They got good players down there in the Sun Belt, and they're trying to bring them up for depth reasons. So it's, yeah, it's happening. And that's the tampering. And Dave Clawson says in there, he just wishes there was no rules. So it's ridiculous. We have rules. They're not enforced. So why even have a rule and just have it like you're saying, free agency, go about and do what you want and, you know, and, and keep recruiting your guys and have a program where people want to stay. Yeah. We're, our next topic is kind of transitioning into some of this stuff. I'm just going to ask you this, Tim, before we get into conference realignment. Uh, and again, folks, we have Tyler Horka joined in about 15 minutes or so. Are you concerned about the future of college football? Uh, yeah. If, if the big 10 and the sec get together, let's say they each go to 20 and they just say, why do we need the others? You know, We'll play our we'll play our conference games and our non-conferences are going to be against you. What are the odds of that happening? I mean, we've always heard about these two super conferences, right? Kind of like the AFC and the and the NFC, correct? Do not do they not play each other in non-divisional games? They do it all the time. Who's to say these guys once they don't once they get to twenty, once they get to the twenty they want, they're like, well, we're the power brokers. Let's just play each other and do our own thing. I personally don't think it's going to happen that way. Um, I I don't. I think we're going to have college football. We're going to have a 12-team playoff. It's probably going to go to 16 because those four teams with the buy are going to realize I could host a home game, sell out, keep all the money, and destroy the 16 seed. Why the heck am I host? Why am I a, a buy? Right? I'd rather go play, you know, Utah State, you know, the Mountain West winner, and destroy them and make a boatload of money at a home playoff game and you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for example. So yeah, it's wild. It's, it's, it's if the big dudes get together and just say, we're just going to do our own thing. Yeah. Part of me, part of me is still hoping Tim that this can kind of correct itself. I think that's what we said early in NIL. It's like, Oh, all these schools are saying NIL and then over time when those kids aren't getting paid and you do see that right. Where kids are promised something and then they don't get it and they leave. They leave. But yeah, I'm just hoping that it's crazy right now and it slows down. College football, like you love college football for like the pageantry. Well, how about me, Mike? I'm right? born and raised in Long Beach, California. I'm a SoCal guy. I grew up an Irish Catholic, Notre Dame fan from day one in USC hotbed of Southern California and SC fans everywhere. Yeah, you know how many Rose Bowl and Coliseum games I've gone to? A ton. I've driven up to Stanford to go watch Notre Dame many times over the year. You know, go have fun, Pac-10 and whatnot. That's gone. And it's just like, it's crazy. It's gone. What I grew up with is gone. You know, the Pac-10 is gone. And I'm just like, first off, you know, one of my, you know, I mean, my best friend in the world is a UCLA grad. UC, you, you know I, mean? I didn't go to UCLA, Tim. Oh, I know. You're close, close. But anyway. But you, what the heck is UCLA going to do now for football? Not that they've ever been this national power, but what are the odds of that? UCLA is going to become Maryland now in the Big Ten. They are. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they're not going to compete for titles. Uh, they've been on, they've been close many times over the years when they have the right coach of uh, doing that in the Pac-10, Pac-12. But I mean, how exactly Maryland? What what has Maryland done in the Big Ten? Zero. You know, a couple bowl wins, minor bowl wins here and there. That's what I don't understand. And um, all this talk about Florida State, Clemson. Those two guys have owned the ACC for 30 years. Now they want to go in the into the SEC and battle to go nine and three. Yeah, to get a a 10 seed in the playoffs. I it is wild. It's all for just some extra money. I guess they're going to have the greatest facilities, and so many of these programs are going to be eight and four, nine and three. It's it's yeah. it's not. I'm okay with culture ball changing. Sure. I just don't want it to not be the same, right? Like, like I said before, Tim just spoke. Like, you love college football because of yeah, your your individual school, right? You love Notre mm-hmm. Dame. You grew up a Notre Dame fan, but like, yeah. you love the sport in general because of just all it encompasses. If you just are in it for the game of football, why wouldn't you just watch the NFL over college football? The NFL is better has better players. You'd watch the NFL, right? But there are other reasons why you might love college football more, like. Soccer comparison, I love the MLS. The ML, like our our domestic league here, I think is what maybe eighth best, ninth best, tenth best in the world. But I still love it because it's, you know, for for, for reasons. Oh, I got a team 30 minutes from my house, like all, all those different things. So you just don't want it to become something else and just ruin what it was. Um, so change can definitely be bad. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the play. I, I, I'm a fan of of the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the 12 team. Um, it more that's I love it. That, I mean, that definitely is going to change because there's no more Pac-12, so they're going to get rid of the six automatics. It's going to be. I mean, they may not just get. They may not have any automatics. You just may go one through 12, and boom, let's go play. So it's in all of this, the Pac-12 is getting every bit that they deserve. You guys know I despise the Pac-12. Because I also kind of like the Pac-12. You know, you guys know what I mean? Like, college football is better when the Pac-12, like, it's not a regional sport. When Alabama and Georgia and Clemson are dominating, that's not fun. I want, you know, the USC's, the UCLA, your Oregon's to be as good as your Ohio State, your Notre Dame, your Michigan, and your Georgia, Alabama, you know, Florida. And, and heck, we haven't had a good team in the Northeast uh, in a while. So, like, just better when it's a national sport. So... Um, it's disappointing how bad the Pac-12 has been and their TV deal. I mean, dude, when I covered Oregon State in Colorado, you know, five, six years ago, it was miserable. That was such a bad, I mean, Pac-12 Network's awful. Just, (laughs) just not good, dude. So, all right. Um, speaking of Pac-12, um, sort of, I guess, Chip Kelly had a pretty interesting quote, Tim. I'm going to read it. Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in Power 5 and make that one division. Take the 64 teams in Group of 5 make that another division. We play for a championship, they play for a championship, and no one else gets affected. Our sport is different than everybody else. This is a really interesting point right here. We only play once a week. Travel's not a big deal for football, but it is a big deal for other sports. Now, Tim, I want to also pull up something that Muffet McGraw said, um, and I think it's 
on the same uh, it's on the same kind of uh wavelength what what they're both thinking so i'm gonna pull this up um her tweet said time to stop whining about where college football is headed and figure out how to save the rest of college sports let football break with the ncaa and form their own league which is pretty much exactly what chip kelly said right and let college basketball and the Olympic sports continue their conference model. There has to be another way to preserve all that is good in college athletics and give our student athletes the best they deserve. So that's Muffet McGraw, um, former Notre Dame uh, women's basketball coach. This was an article we did at Blue and Gold. And then this is what I wrote. While much of the discussion nationally is about conference realignment re- regarding the big money maker that's called football, um, a cross-country matchup between Rutgers and USC, it's weird. It's going to take some time to get used to it. But it's gonna be okay. Like it'll work, right? Think about the NFL. Like do you, you, the Dolphins play the Chargers. Like I think it'll work in college football. Like I, I'm not concerned about that. But what about Rutgers and USC and volleyball and swimming? Like how the heck does that work? Like how does is that travel sustainable? The mental health, like. Um, I think Chip Kelly and Buffett McGraw inter- offer an interesting solution. Tim, what say you about some of this stuff? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Chip's quote was perfect. He's like, "Yeah, no, no, Notre Dame's got it right. Just stay independent, do your own thing. You know, set your schedule. The money's yours. All that good stuff." So, yeah, it's got to go that way. If the money is so crazy and so big like this for these, for you know, a handful of these TV networks, it's like it's 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 slowly got to go that way. There's got to be you know, a uniform of games. We keep always going back to conferences. Some play eight, some play nine, some only play nine power five, some play 10. It's, you know, some will play multiple FCS schools, things of that nature. It's got to get, you got to get, especially this playoff, it's got to get on the same, the same wavelength soon. Uh, but Chip's correct. It's like, huh, I have no idea how these ADs are going to organize some of these games i mean seriously you're right like football's not a big deal i mean boom you fly out there you play all these guys go out the day before anyway and spend all day in the city and and whatnot especially if it's a night game and all that like someone just posted in the chat you're right stanford's elite times elite when it comes to olympic sports and they don't have a conference and they're what the premier you know you know the premier academic athletic program when it comes to olympic sports out there they win tons of stuff so what in the world are they going to do now so I don't, I don't get it. it. It is fascinating. Some of the, some of the, you know, the, you know, the power five, you know, softball players or girls basketball players and you know, women's basketball and stuff like that have all come out talking about, you know, why don't we just keep ourselves regional? Same thing as Chip and Muffet saying, you guys do your own thing and we just play a regional. It's like, why does Oregon softball now have to go to Nebraska, Illinois? Back-to-back road trips now. That's that's crazy. I, I think the travel aspect is everything. Oh, God. I man. think that's that's a big deal. Now, sure, does – Well, let's say this. Like, that or whatever. But, yeah, the travel just – it's – yeah. Is that going to be – I mean, not that – you know, those are on television. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea when – you know, is softball playing Wednesday nights in conference? I have no idea. Or are those just all going to be weekend adventures? you know, you know, where they travel and just do all these conference games on the weekends. I'm talking about the Olympic sports. Basketball's basketball. You know, it's, um, you know, that's why they got to get rid of the one and done rule and just let guys do what they want. And, 
and I don't even force people to even go for a semester and play basketball. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a fascinating time, and I just hope Notre Dame just keeps doing what they're doing. I'm I'm. I just hope the ACC doesn't fall apart because it's all about scheduling. Notre Dame needs teams to play, and that's right. and that's the thing. Go ahead. Well, yeah, we're going to go there next. That's kind of transitioning to the where Notre Dame kind of fits into this. Um, and uh, before we do that, though, we're going to hear from uh, – how about Augie's locker room, Tim? Um, so much in college athletics is going to change Augie's locker room. I think it's going to stay pretty similar. It's going to have awesome stuff all the time in it. And when you come for a Notre Dame game this season, guys, Augie's locker room, it's so close because you're going to stop at the backer for a beer and then you're going to, you know, go over to Augie's locker room. Like, guys, we're, we're talking super, super close to Notre Dame, uh, 1811 South Bend Avenue. Um, yeah, they got the wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, jerseys helmets, autographs, one of a kind, rock the items. Joe Montana signed items, famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. Augie gets new stuff all the time. Every single time I scroll this website to do this ad read, he has new stuff. Some of these glasses are new. He got ornaments all the time. Just super unique stuff that Augie uh, always has. And, and the best thing is, if he doesn't have it in store, he's going to go get it for you. 1811 Selfman Avenue. And folks, you got to see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. He's got amazing stuff that you're going to want to check out. Augie'sLockerRoom.com. Give him a call, 574-277-6363. And uh, tell him Mike Singer from Blue and Gold sent you. I'm sure um, he would uh, appreciate that. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Augie's Locker Room. Uh, always always glad to to read that ad and, and you know show them some love okay um now the best thing about in tying this to notre dame tim i was thinking about this i have a, a a fairly big family in my family there's a lot of clashing this aunt and this grandma and so and so and and this crazy uncle and this person my mom she kind of sits back and does not get really involved in the drama. You know, like that's the good thing. Like you guys be crazy. I'm going to let you sort this out. Right. I kind of feel like Notre Dame sitting back all of this crazy in college football. I'm going to let you guys kind of figure out the puzzle pieces. Why, if I'm Notre Dame, why am I jumping in to argument with crazy uncle? Right. Well, I mean, I don't need to jump to the Big Ten or the SEC right now or, you know, go save the ACC or whatever. Like, I'm good. And, Tim, you kind of gave that example um, of Notre Dame needs to find games. Notre Dame's going to find games. Oh, sure. Not worried in the slightest. People are going to want to play Notre Dame. Why? Because, I mean, it's a huge game. So – I love that Notre Dame can just sit back and say, hey, all you crazy people, you guys figure this out. All this Notre Dame is still the bell of the ball. And uh, I don't know. I'm just, I love it. I love it for Notre Dame. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it goes back. You know, we're going back 100 years now to, you know, Newt Rockney is like, let's just take this show on the road and go travel around and play everyone anywhere, anytime, and let's go for it, as he built the brand of Notre Dame. Um, I literally, as we were, you know, I was thinking earlier, like, oh, my God, it's almost going back to the same thing. Notre Dame, I mean, 
Notre Dame just staying independent and just keep that model going, so to speak, of just let's just, you know, play who's who and all that. The games are the interesting. I mean, heck, Mike, we already just found out two days ago. Miami had to drop out. So when we're talking games, they had to drop out. Now that now Notre Dame's down to eight power fives. So they have to find a game. So who in the power five is has an opening for Notre Dame to play? Because if not, they're playing eight next year. Why tons of teams are playing 10. I went on the SEC and tons of SEC schools are going to be playing 10 power five games. So how's that going to be for the playoffs? If Notre Dame can only find Utah State next year. So that's going to, that's going to hurt them big time. But um, so when we down the road, you know, when you hear, you know, Notre Dame and games, that's, it could be the key. And, you know, I don't think, I mean, we, you know, you could talk the doomsday scenario, like we said earlier, the SEC and Big Ten just playing each other. But those dudes at Fox, ESPN, NBC are going to be like, no, nah, you're going to play Notre Dame. You know, you're going to make sure you get them on the schedule, which Notre Dame, by the way, starting next year with AM, they have a game every year but one. I think it's 26 they don't play an SEC team. Maybe it's 27. Because they have AM, Arkansas, but then they're getting Alabama, then they're getting Florida. So they're starting to have an SEC school every year. And the same with the Big Ten with Purdue and Michigan State coming back on the schedule here in short order. So I think those big the two big leagues are gonna open up some open dates and it's gonna go. The last point is Nick Saban. Nick Saban's been pounding the pavement about playing 10, getting everybody on the same wavelength and play 10. Power five games. He's even said all our games should be power five. Yeah. Play nine conference, three power five preseason. So maybe that's the model, which would be awesome for Notre Dame because then they would definitely have tons of openings to fill. Can Notre Dame win a national championship? If the answer is yes in any of these scenarios, like does Notre Dame have a path to win it and it's doable and not like unreasonable, then totally fine. I'm fine with yeah. it. I'm in that. I am in that camp that Notre Dame can win a national championship. I'm. I'm in that camp. They just even even if in what is it the, the with the 12 team they can't host that first or get a first round bye right? Yeah, yeah, they can't host, but that but then go out and have the and have a heck of a football. Then be you know 2012 where you're the number one seed and you got a great football team and and you're the five seed. I mean, I who's can't say the four and fives better? Right? I just can't remember what that exactly the rule is. Oh, the rule. Oh, the rule is because um, you have 12. So as, right. it, as it stands today, it's the six the six conference champions are automatic. The four highest ranked conference champs get a bye. So the four highest ranked conference champs. Okay, like Notre Dame year, can't do that. Like last year, Clemson's ACC champ. Clemson would have had a bye last year. But Notre Dame still hosts the first game. Yes, they would host the yes the five versus twelve game. Well, Tyler is going to join us here in a little bit. Tyler, you, I know you're listening. So if if we're wrong on that, please correct me. Um, yeah. We're going to move on, Tim. We got a couple more things before we get Hork on to talk on Notre Dame fall camp. We had Tyler on a couple weeks ago, and he's fantastic. So I'm really maybe it was just last week. I don't know, Tim. I've had a lot going on in the personal life, man. It, it, this this has been a very long, very long week. Um, okay, fun topic. I hope you had a chance to think about this, Tim, because it's a little bit out there, but it was posed on the blue and gold message board. So I was like, let's let's see what Tim Hyde thinks about this. Okay, here it is. Okay, who is the single player? This is a very wordy question, so just bear with me. Who is the single player that Notre Dame did not get but was in the running for that would have changed the program most if he would have picked the Irish, right? So if Mike Singer was considering Notre Dame, 
and then he commits to um, Idaho State. Man, that's probably not that big of a deal. But who would have been like who was like the bigger um, Mike Singer? Yeah, who was the bigger? Who was the bigger Mike Singer? Notre Dame didn't get. Um, Yeah, obviously. I mean, you're gonna you take a poll. There's already one popped up. You take a poll of a hundred. You're probably gonna get. 75 Randy Mosses and 25 Reggie Bushes. Yeah, you think so? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Randy Moss obviously would have uh, been there with Paulus. Would ext- you know, they would have had a dude. They would have had an NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver uh, catching passes and going crazy for them. And then Reggie Bush, obviously. Heck, Reggie Bush would have played with Mike Goolsby. How much fun would that have been, huh? And um, that was that was a huge recruitment back then in the, in the Willingham years. So, um, those two instantly come to mind of just in the running, how it would have massively, massively changed Notre Dame and Paul uh, and Paulus Randy, Randy Moss is the obvious one for, you know, the old dudes like me is he would have. Yeah. Yeah. They probably would have been, you know, easy national ch- uh, title team, at least, you know, at least one of those years. Yeah. Kate or Kale says, Will Shipley. Come on, bro. Come on. No, the one right oh. here that Frank says Eric Lorig is iconic in Notre Dame circles. So just, just I, I I know the Randy Moss recruiting story. I mean, you get you got to bear with me. I was in you know elementary school when yeah. Reggie Bush was recruited. What what's the story there? I'm not as familiar with with his recruitment. Oh, Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah. it was it was at Notre Dame SC and. Obviously, Bush's mom got a house, right? So, <laughs> whatever the you know whatever the 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 sanctions, right? Doesn't have his Heisman in USC. There's reasons for that. So, his, his, you know, his Heisman got removed. So he's he's not listed. Uh, you know, you can say what you want during that, but obviously that's right when Pete Carroll started to get things rolling. But yeah, the Bush, yeah, the Bush one, the most famous one is the year before with you know Lorenzo Booker, uh, how he was all set to commit to Notre Dame live on ESPN the first time they'd ever done that and a little shenanigans happened behind the scenes and signs with Bobby Bowden in Florida state. So, but uh, Randy Moss is going to be the go-to one for the majority of Notre Dame fans, I would say. Okay. All right. And then on the opposite side of the coin, who did Notre Dame land that if they didn't get that player would have had the most negative impact on the Irish, definitely Steve Angeli, Joe Wall, Oh. Evangeli throwing nothing but passes under Tim, 10 yards. Tim, Tim. Sure. Well, well, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, oh, this, I mean, the first name that pops on in my mind is, is Manti Teo. So, yeah, it has they, to don't have, they don't have Manti. They're not in the national title game. He He's not a number two, you know, Heisman finalist. He doesn't win every single college award he's nominated yeah. for. Notre Dame legend, icon, future college Hall of Famer. Okay. I mean, that's that's a big one. All right. Let me – I think Manti, everyone's going to say Manti. I, yeah. I think it's a great pick. If I just had you pick a quarterback, who who would you go with, Joe? Well, Joe, my, I mean, back then you recruited 15 quarterbacks. Um, oh, God, quarterback. Yeah, it's got to be Joe. You know what? You could – God, I mean, once again, you know, I'm showing my age. I probably Rick Meyer because Meyer was a Michigan. Yeah. You know, he's from Goshen, Indiana, but he was a Michigan, Notre Dame final two. You know, what what would that have done for a uh, for Notre Dame had he not? I mean, he was a national player of the year and, and stuff of that nature. So that's that's one I instantly think of when it comes to quarterback. 
end up being the number two pick in the draft. So there you go. Yeah, so I'm saying Tony Rice. Yeah, t- yeah, Tony um, Rice was an interesting one because you know Vinny Serrato, the recruitment coordinator, knew all about him as an athlete, heck of a football player, all around multi-sport athlete. So you know they knew he was going to be a prop guy. Let's take him and get him into Notre Dame, and obviously the rest is history. Okay, Brady. Someone mentions Brady Quinn. Yeah, that that was not like yeah. a massive recruiting thing to get Brady. Well, I don't think it matters about the recruiting. I think it's their impact at Notre Dame. Yeah, no, no. I mean Quinn, obviously, with Charlie Weiss now. And those old five, oh six is yeah, is huge. That's that's yeah. a good point. Well, I think when he said Quinn, I think he meant Jeff Quinn. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pull her up. <laughs> <line code. laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, okay, love, Tim, love you ready it. for a little clip? Sixty, our, our little sixty-second clips. Sure. What do we got tonight? All right. The most important player on this team is that where? How am I phrasing it? What did I write down? Aside from San Martin, who is the most important player on on Notre Dame's roster for the twenty twenty three season? Let me know when you're um, ready. Okay. You know what? Damn. Okay. I'm going to. All right. All right. And it's the backup quarterback for sure. So. No. No. Hartman. Hartman needs to literally bubble wrap himself. He's got to feel. He's got to wear like hockey <laughs> hey, gear. Keep him away from stairs. He's not. Elevator all times for Sam Hartman. Oh, man. When he is about to step over a curb, Joe Walton, Blake Fisher need to pick him up, place him down. On a pillow, you know, just let him walk on clouds. Okay, here we go. Tim, you ready? Jay Carr says hand action. All right, here we go. Okay. I'm actually going to read this out loud. All right, here we go. Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. This is yeah, – I'm trying to this, – This saves us a lot of time to not have to do this after recording, promise. Um, so appreciate it. Bear with me. Okay, here we go, Tim. Tim, aside from Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman, who would you say is the most important player on this fighting rock? Okay, all right. It's all right. We got the we got the bad Edit. tape out. Shake it off. Taylor Swift. Shake it off. Here we go. Tim, aside from Sam Hartman, who is the most important player on Notre Dame's roster for the 2023 season? Well, you know, halfway through camp, basically, reading the reports and hearing everything that's going on out there, I – me personally, I would say Audrey Gastemay. I would just think the way his presence, his physicality, what he means to the football team, the running game, and there's really a ton of unknowns behind him. Some talented football players that have come to Notre Dame and are ready to get their chance, but Estimate, I've said it a thousand times, he is he's this year's Kyron Williams, meaning he's running back one, feed him the ball multiple times, get him the ball 20 times plus in these big games. And uh, let this guy go eat crazy and uh, chew up yards and have a great season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. 
create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at the new equation.com. Good 40 seconds there, Tim. Nice job. Oh, okay. Good to go. I was going yeah. quick. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, I mean, obviously I was reading some of the things there's multiple guys. I like JD. Someone said, but I think those young linebackers, JD Bertrand is, I'm, I love JD Bertrand. I think he makes a lot of football plays. I've been rewatching some of the games last year and he makes a lot of plays, but there's some really good talented linebackers that it sound like are on the cusp. For me, I don't know. I've been on this estimate thing for the last month. Talented running backs behind, but Jadarian Price sounds like he's he's back, but he's not. You know, he's not showing the wiggle. A lot of people think. Um, obviously, the Penn State guy. You know, he hasn't played in a couple of years. You know, Payne has been banged up. I guess he got banged up again last night. So what's his thing? Jeremiah Love was out even out of the scrimmage last night. So is, what's that here and there? I mean, you don't want to play a true freshman at tailback. So I don't know, man. I'm I think Estime is going to be huge. I know Hartman gets the thing, but I think Estime could be the yeah. team MVP if I had to pick today. Yeah, I think if you have Logan Diggs still, I yeah. probably wouldn't go Estime. I think Estime is a good yeah. choice. I also think Joe Alt's a good choice yes. to keep Hartman upright, protect the blind side. Yes. I also don't think you can go wrong with uh, one of the corners, Cam Hart and Ben Morrison. Um, just All impact right. guys on at corner, dude. What do you think? But I, I still would probably go with Mayor. I'm not saying Mickey and obviously Christian Gray, outstanding freshman, really good football player. Um, but I bet you they could play. I bet yeah, you they got good depth there. They do. I mean, if Cam Hart – Cam Hart's a fifth-year senior. So, I mean, he's been injured – a bunch over his time and the odds of him missing some games this year are probably high. So I think he's hurt. One, right of, those, one of those guys are going to start and, um, yeah. And, and they're, and they're tough, tough corners. So I would not have an issue if they go into game with Morrison and Mickey or Morrison and gray starting. I, I think Notre Dame would be fine. The <sighs> old one, the old one will be freshman. I don't, I don't know about that, but I think your point stands that. Yeah. I, I, I would say and I didn't do my most important player list at blue and gold. I, I told the other guys they could do it. Um, and Tyler did. So we'll, well, I'll ask, ask Tyler that for his take on, on that. Um, but first, Tim, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, get a sip of water here. Uh, we're going to hear from our friends uh, over at Rogue Shop. Um, it is the um, – man, Singer's struggling today with my setup. Uh, give me a second, everybody. Here we go. The husband and wife outfit. You guys know what it is. Uh, Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shar are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand. The website to visit, you know it by now, it's rogueshop.com. They sell everything from CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, uh, so much more, folks. Head to the website. It's got the 24-7 chat function. Uh, where customers uh, can ask Mr. Rogue and Shar any questions, uh, issues sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, or stress. Rogue Shop is where you want to head, and you can use promo code Blue and Gold. Um, that's all one word. Uh, you punch that in, uh, and you will get ten percent off your order. So please do check out RogueShop.com. All right, bring back Tim Hyde. Um, and I think we can go ahead and bring in Tyler Horka as well. Tyler, hope you are doing well, my friend. I'm going to give you the, the box down there. Spotlight yeah, treatment. Thoughts on our little discussion there about uh, this the second most important player on the team, if Hartman's number one? 
Yeah, I had to dig up my list there. I mean, we were doing that for the last month, but that already feels like a month ago. It's crazy how much watching two weeks of football practice will kind of cloud your mind and it's all you think about. But yeah, I was just looking at the list and we had five guys uh, compile lists for the blue and gold top 25. Four of us put estimate in the top five. Todd Burlidge put estimate at three. Joe Alt was a consensus number two. And I think the reasoning behind that was if Sam Hartman is the number one most important player on this Notre Dame team, which he is, uh, the guy that's protecting his blind side and the most important offensive lineman on the team is probably number two. And then I think you can make a case for uh, estimate number three, like Burlidge put him at. I personally put him at four because I think Sam Hartman is so important that the right tackle is also just as important as yeah. Joe Alt. So I put Blake Fisher number three. And look, this also kind of has to do with when we came up with these lists, you're taking into account what Notre Dame does or doesn't have behind Joe Alt, behind Blake Fisher. And I've seen two weeks of practice. Tim, I know you're an offensive line guy. These tackles, man, if one of those guys goes down, if Tosh Baker is your number three tackle, which I think he is, like we have Tosh Baker listed as the backup left tackle. But if Blake Fisher went out, I'm pretty sure Tosh Baker is going to play right tackle. I don't think that's a situation that Notre Dame wants to be in. So that's my top three, Hartman, Alt, Fisher. And then Estimate is number four for me because, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an all-defense guy. Uh, is this my list or is this the, the – overall list yeah so this is the overall list okay. you want me to read, read these real quick yeah go ahead this, this is what we came up with so we're just going to do the top five hartman this is the this is like the ap poll style from some of our staff members this is the top 25 most important players hartman alt morrison fisher estimate there's your top five in order tyler's list hartman alt fisher estimate Jaden thomas I, I think that's an interesting shout no one's no one's really loving my my cornerback talk. Are you kind of with Tim because it's it's a deep position, Tyler? Exactly. Um, Jack Hartman, Alt, Morrison, Fisher, Cam Hart. There you go, Sobel. There you go. Burlidge. Put estimate though. You put I said four out of five ten? guys. Ten. He's not a running back guy. We've had this conversation. He thinks estimate is interchangeable, uh, replaceable, whatever. Uh, Jack's new. Jack's new. We'll, we'll give this some grace. <laughs> Burlidge goes Hartman, Alt, estimate Morrison. There's a good one. Uh, J.D. Bertrand. I just, I think corner. I'm just really valuing that position. I guess Kyle Kelly, Hartman, Alt, Morrison, Carter, Patelho. Yeah, the, the Antonio Carter. Oh, no, look at you. That's man twelve. <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't see Kyle's. I, th I thought that was top five and four out of Hart. five. Look, yeah. he's a top five player on this team. Yeah, for sure. By any metric, like most important and just overall talent. Yeah, it's we're just. It's just a fun list. It's good off-season fodder. You know, it's, there's nothing too crazy. All right, uh, Tim, are you, are you cool if I ask Tyler a few things? Anyone to, and then we'll just go to you instead of just interchanging. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I want to hear it and, uh, yeah, chime in a little bit. But right. a, a, a quick 10 seconds is exactly the Alt, oh, yeah. Fisher, the Alt Fisher thing. Those two guys are like twins. One of them go down, man. A lot of max protection moving forward. A lot of tight ends in the game blocking yeah, it, it's this is just a lot of semantics. It's it's fun. It's it's fun debate. Like I said, off season uh, discussion. I would like to ask about Steve Angeli. I, I, Tim, I'm going to mute you if you do because I don't want to hear any of those Tim Hyde slide troll comments that he has. Um, 
but we'll do that next. I think the biggest thing in following your coverage from yesterday was the guard position. Okay. So it's like, oh, it's going to be Shrouth and Christophic. Spindler's fighting, but it's probably going to be Shrouth and Christophic. That was the feeling maybe two weeks ago. And now it's, or, or I should say, then maybe a week later, it's, well, yeah. you know, Spindler, maybe it's Spindler and Shrouth. Do you really buy into it's now Spindler and Pat Coogan? Really? I buy into the fact that it's a competition. And okay. so like last Monday, so I think it was either July 31st, August 1st, whatever it was, was the first time that we actually saw Coogan and Spindler getting the first team reps. And I was like, this feels like head games. This feels like Joe Rudolph is actually trying to make it a competition. Maybe light a fire under Billy Strouth and under Andrew Christophic and say, hey, you're going to have to earn this position. Nobody's handing it to you. Because that in the media, I mean, we were writing it too. It was, hey, it's Billy Strouth. It's Andrew Christophic. These are the guys. Because there's nobody else. And then we walk in on that Monday and we're like, Coogan? And the Spindler one made sense because it felt like he was knocking on the door. He had a good blue-gold game. And maybe Andrew Kristoffic isn't this, isn't that. We've seen the guy play before. He was a serviceable player in 2021. I think he had close to 600 snaps. But then we saw it again for another day. And we saw it again for another day. And we saw a full practice a week later last night, Tuesday night. It's a full-blown thing at this point now. Does that mean Billy Strouth is not going to start against Navy on August 26th? I'm not ready to go there. Yeah. But now I'm not ready to definitively say that he's the front runner. I mean – we're two weeks in. Technically, I think Pat Coogan has taken more first-team reps at left guard than Billy Shrouth has. It's been that long at this point. It's been nine days, eight days. Tim, I want to go to you as a football coach. Like, do you – how much do you buy into hearing some of these reports like that Coogan's getting all these first-team reps? Like, do you, do you buy into – is it like a follow-the-visits mantra? You know, like those actions speak louder than words thing. Like, hey, if he's getting all these first-team reps, like – He's probably the guy. Like, what do, what do you think about some some of these reports? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we could, you know, you could sit there. Tyler could sit there and say, "Well, I wasn't there yesterday, so you know, so and so could have had them all." Obviously, but, but yeah, follow the visits, as Tyler says. He's been. I mean, I mean, Ty, you know, Tyler and them have been to a lot of practices, whether it's five periods or whatnot. So, and as Tyler knows, when he goes there, they come out. When they come out in groups, it's it's the ones, it's the twos. It is coaches aren't going to be like, well, you're this, and let's play games here. The fact that Coogan got all the first team reps when the first team offense was out there yesterday says a heck of a lot. Especially it's been a week, and Rocco's pretty much been the number one right guard since day two or three or whatever, if you want to say that. So he's been there for quite a long time as well. And as Tyler knows, in one of his reports the other day, when the offense just ran out there. Rocco was with the first group, whether it's working. Because once again, you're you're especially the offensive line. These guys need reps together. So you are not going to put Rocco and Fisher together for nine straight days if they're not trying to get some form of a feel together to obviously communicate and things of that nature. How many times have we heard Notre Dame offensive linemen? Tyler's been in press conferences will say it's all about communication. Five guys communicating as one. You can't do that intermingling a ton. So it's 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 a fascinating story. And kudos to Pat Hoogan for coming on, really. Tyler. Yeah. So when you I mean, Tim, you're a football guy. I, I think a lot of football guys are watching this. When you go to a football practice, 
you can see a lot of mixing and matching with wide receivers, safeties, cornerbacks. Benjamin Morrison over here doesn't, I mean, there's a little bit of an element that he needs to know what Cam Hart is doing, but you kind of, it's understood that Cam Hart's going to be doing that. And it's understood that Jaden Mickey's going to be doing that. If he's the guy over there or Clarence Lewis, whoever you put two corners opposite each other. Offensive line, you're standing right next to that guy the entire game. They play 80 snaps a game. There's nobody else. The, the quarterback might not even play 80 snaps a game. If you go wildcat or something, these offensive linemen are on the field 100% of the time together 100% of the time. So when we see individual drills, th- that's really the only place you can get depth chart. Now, like you say, when the wide receivers run out, it's generally the first three guys, and, and it's been those guys every single time. Those are your starters. But when Joe Rudolph has these guys going through combo blocks, and I mean, I know Tommy Reese isn't here, but they've been running duo until whatever that quote was uh, in the, what was it, the Boston College game, whatever game that was where Tommy Reese wanted to get on the field and he told Jared Parker, if I'm not down there yet to call plays, run duo until I am down there. They've been doing that in individual drills day in, day out when we've seen it. And guess what? Blake Fisher has been lined up next to Rocco Spindler for about 10 days now for all but maybe two or three practices. That's the kind of stuff that you want those two guys working next to each other if you think those are going to be your guys. And look, when I first came on here, we mentioned the top 25. Blake Fisher is one of your guys. He is one of the most important football players on this team. So the fact that he's been lining up next to Rocco Spindler for pretty much every single rep, even if it is those individual drills, I think it's pretty telling. Uh, Tyler, if you had to make a prediction right now, the – Look, we we know Zeke's at center. We know Alden Fisher at left and right tackle, respectively. Who who are you going with at guards? What's your pick? Spindler at right guard, and that has a little bit to do with the Andrew Kristoffic injury that we saw last night. I, I mean, we put it in our reports behind the paywall. Go to blueandgold.com. But what I saw was, and I've had surgery on this shoulder before. I saw a limp shoulder, and look, you can get a stinger. I mean, it, he could be fine, but. I mean, even if it's something where that holds him out two weeks, the, the season opener is in 17 days. So if he loses any bit of reps the rest of this week going into next week, I think Spindler's locked in at right guard. I think that competition is still there at left guard. I'm still going to say Billy Stroud starts against Navy at left guard in week one because he's healthy. We've seen him. Maybe he's just going through a little bit of a sophomore slump in his in fall camp. I think he's got more upside. Uh, he's a physical player, man. I mean, you talked to – Blake Fisher about him, and I know they play on opposite sides of the lines, but he sees it. He ain't afraid to put your hands, his hands on a guy and, and bull rush him and knock him over. We've seen it a couple times, so he just needs to figure some things out. Um, I think he will. I think he starts against Navy. Okay. Um, just a general takeaway from the scrimmage last night. Um, you know, I put a disclaimer on the the report you injected that, like, you guys couldn't shoot video from that. It's a different discussion for a different day. We're kind of all frustrated for that you guys couldn't, but uh, yeah. And that's a, that was a Notre Dame thing, by the way. Notre Dame said no, you can't do that. So um, do, yeah, just general thoughts. And again, for folks wanting to dive into that, you can watch that video with with uh, Tyler Jack. It's fantastic. But yeah, just yeah. What did you learn last night? Yeah, first I'll set the scene because I mean I'm the only one in this conversation that was there. So mm-hmm. you've got coaches, you've got reserves. They're all set up around the 50 yard line. And pretty much every single drive, if you would call it, starts from about the 40, I think it was, and goes toward the end zone. And they they simulated a scrimmage. This was way closer to a scrimmage than we saw the first day when it was all red zone, red zone, red zone. They kind of started, and uh, I think they wanted to start at the 40 because they wanted to give 
Spencer Schrader, who looks pretty good, a chance to kick every single time if a first down wasn't made. And we saw that a few times where he had to kick some 40 and 50 yarders. That means the offense wasn't gaining a whole lot of yards. But it was kind of set up for the defense to win this thing where I think for the first probably 20 plays, and that was split probably, uh, I would say, like seven plays, Sam Hartman, seven plays, uh, Angeli, and then maybe like five or six for Kenny Minchie. So it was a pretty even split. Um we saw a lot of field goals and we saw only passing plays in, in those first 20 plays. They didn't run the ball once. So the defense knows what the defense knows what's coming. And that's a little hard. I mean, the defense, when the defense knows a pass is coming, you still got to defend four or five guys. So that's a little difficult, but then they split up and went into individual drills and they came back and they only ran the football. So Jadarian price, uh, Devin Ford, I'm sorry, but those guys knew what was coming and it was stuff city after stuff city. I think that was a challenge to the offensive line. Like, hey, these guys know yeah. what's what the hell is that? Sam, do you have any explanation for why they would do that? Or Tyler, did you want to say something? No, I mean, I, but th that's the way that this thing was set up. So if you read our reports, I tried to give the offense a little bit of due diligence and say, hey, it wasn't set up for Sam Hartman to throw three deep balls and connect on all of them and have 150 yards after two drives. It, it, it wasn't like that. So. And I know Tim has plenty to say about Steve Angeli throwing short passes. That's why you saw so many short passes is because the way that <laughs> the way that this thing was set up. But yeah, I mean, Tim's probably seen that before where you give a team half a field and, and just kind of let them go to work. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. It's just probably just did situationals, you know, just, you know, I mean, you're, I mean, what practice is it, Tyler? 15, 14, 16, is it, it was 12. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So you got 11 days of film already and it's probably just situation. Going back to the coaching thing, it's like every single thing these dudes are – I mean, this is all mapped out. They know yeah. exactly what they're doing, where they're at, the plays, the – you know, you know. sometimes they don't – they may not know the offense and defense, but sometimes they will know personnel grouping so they could work that in and out. And, uh, and that's going back to the O-line thing. Just to follow uh, – one last thing on that is, is Joe Rudolph does not give a darn when the Notre Dame media is there, you know. So he's not – given, you know, he doesn't care. So when he's calling out ones, he's like, well, I got to hide Billy. If that's it was some people think going back, you know, Tyler's point. No, he's trying to get ready to play football games and get these guys ready for the first month of the season before the Buckeyes come. And he's, he's coaching his tail off. All these guys are. Yeah. Jay Carr. He was definitely smiling. He just was, I mean, Domer Rob's praising and, and Tyler and Jay Carr says, Tyler's reading that comment. Try not to smile. I'm pretty sure I just saw him smile. Listen, Tyler is a superstar um it, on this beat i i just think tyler's i i think he's fantastic and tyler's getting his own show people have been saying it and, and tyler's getting his own show still kind of hammering the details but yeah, he's getting his own show yeah michael uh, scott, scott gif it's oh my god it's happening it's i happening. know it's it's overdue um okay the the point about joe rudolph doesn't care right but, it's amazing. but if you're notre dame why and you're you know you have this practice that's fully available to the media i just think it's kind of dumb if the defense knows look i get the situational thing like hey we're focusing on defense a little bit more today like to see yeah. some of these things that's but why i, I think it's dumb to show that in front of the media yeah and, and the fact that this was planned out that we were going to come to this practice uh, a month ago. When, when did we get the schedule? Uh, early yeah, July, late, late yeah. June? Maybe it was like yeah. late June. Um, yeah, but
But again, that kind of goes to Tim's point. They don't care what the heck we see. I guess. And look, that's why I don't want to call this a scrimmage because that's not what it was. It right. was situational football. Um, and, and this is what impressed me about the offense. If you're asking my takeaways from this whole thing, the best plays last night were kind of the unscripted ones. When, when Sam Hartman was on the run and he got Jalen Sneed to bite and, and come at him like he thought he was going to try to set the edge and then he threw a little dump over the top to hold him stays. That was beautiful. And this is less unscripted, but I wrote this at blueandgold.com. Sam Hartman did one of those uh, Aaron Rodgers guitar fakes, I guess it's called, is what Jack called it. He's a Bears fan, so he's seen it way too many times in his life. But you know when he rolls out and kind of hides the football on his hip and then takes off this way? Beautiful pass to Mitchell Evans. So I liked what I saw from uh, from Hartman on the run last night. If that's the segue you want to get into these quarterbacks, I don't yeah. know. If yeah, just give me a breakdown of those quarterbacks. I know you, you- – did a really good job charting this at blueandgold.com. I'm just going to pull up the website. Um, was, uh, th- I told uh, Darren Pritchett um, earlier today when I was on his radio show, thank God that uh, the Texas Rangers are on the West Coast and they started at 940 Eastern time last night because I was typing right here and I was just looking at the Rangers playing the Oakland Athletics and I was up till about 1 a.m. Um, yeah, every single Sam Hartman competitive throw is charted and then every single Steve Angeli competitive yeah. throw is, is charted it's, as well. Um, such really good they, stuff. Yeah, I thought they looked uh, pretty similar. Again, they they weren't throwing the ball downfield much. I think the one difference there is Sam Hartman tried to throw the ball downfield more, and I noted that um, in my article right there. The the observations one that you just scrolled past, Mike. Um, yeah, I've got some takeaways there at the bottom and. Uh, Sam Hartman was trying to throw the deep ball. That was a difference, and that was a departure from Steve Angeli. You could tell that he's a guy that's done it before and had a lot of success. I mean, this guy led the FBS in air yards last year, right? That's no fluke. That's not a a coincidence or anything. He's actively trying to get the ball downfield. Now, he threw an interception into double coverage to Matt Salerno. I wouldn't – as much as I love Matt Salerno, look, and I've been talking to – I was talking to his dad a little bit recently just about fall camp and the way things are going. I mean, it's awesome that he's on scholarship now. But I'm not sure – and even Matt Salerno's father would tell you that he's probably not the best deep threat on the team. He does a lot of things really well. Caught two touchdown passes last night. Noted this in my uh, article at blueandgold.com too. Two guys that caught competitive uh, touchdowns last night, Matt Salerno and Jaden Greathouse. I know we've been talking about that latter name a whole lot, so that was interesting and of note. But back to the quarterback, Sam Hartman tries to push the ball downfield. I mean, I think consecutive passes, he tried to go to Merriweather and Jaden Thomas on the same exact route. And I think the biggest takeaway on those incomplete passes was Jaden Mickey and Christian Gray were all over those dudes in coverage. And Sam Hartman threw a ball that only his receiver was going to get to. As, as well covered as those guys were, they weren't going to be intercepted balls. Mickey wasn't getting there and Gray wasn't getting there. They fell to the turf, but I mean – maybe a, a couple steps quicker by those receivers or a little less air under the ball. And, and those might be touchdowns. So encouraging to see Hartman take those shots. And then Angeli, I think the encouraging thing was him was just decision-making didn't turn the ball over once uh, so Hartman had that one interception. Angeli did, wasn't going to take the shot. And I know you can look at Drew Pine last year and he had six, only six interceptions and, but what was the knock on him? Couldn't get the ball downfield. And, and maybe you live with two or three more interceptions if it meant that he was going to have five or six more touchdowns, you know, double up on that ratio. So uh, really impressed with Angeli's decision-making again. It, the, the maturity, a mental, physical, oh, yeah. 
I, I, I think he looks – and I know Tim has his reservations about starting the guy in 2024, but for 2023 – and I, I love Drew Pine. Don't get me wrong. I think Notre Dame's in a better position with its backup quarterback situation in 2023 than it was in 2022 with Drew Pine. Mm. Might not be saying a whole lot, but I mean, Pine, I, I think Pine, Pine is a backup quarterback. Like people want to dog on Pine. Like that's as good as a backup quarterback as you're going to get. Like guys don't want to be a backup quarterback. I think Angeli's better as well, that's, you know, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. Like Pine went eight and two as a starter last year. Maybe all of yeah. those weren't due to him, but still, like it's a good, really good back quarterback. Um, and Angeli, I'm just telling you guys, I've been a, a big fan of Angeli. Tim, I uh, begrudgingly give you the floor if you there's anything you want to add. Yeah, Pine. I mean, I mean, once again, going back to what Singer said, PL people dogged Pine. Sure, he had his moments and whatnot, but you know, he still had what I think the third or fourth highest rated quarterback season in the history of Notre Dame football. So Steve Angeli gonna have break that if he's the if he starts for 10 games this oh, year. So now Tim Hyde's a big group. No. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I mean we'll I mean we'll see with Steve Angeli. So we'll when he's gotten in a couple screen games, he rarely throws it past 10 yards. I charted Ty- Tyler's plays last night, three passes past 10. Three passes. And half of them it looked like we're going to walk on. So um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. If Hartman goes down, is Notre Dame going to go eight and two with Stephen Jelly? I have massive, massive doubts on that. That's just my opinion when it comes to Steve. Really, really going back to what I've seen in the two spring games, I don't, I don't think he's. I don't, I don't think he's a Notre Dame guy that's going to take Notre Dame to a playoff. That's my humble opinion. When I okay. watch, well, uh, Notre Dame rarely gets to the playoff. The whole point, Mike, is they have a quarterback that's going to get you to the playoffs. Isn't that why Sam Hartman's here? Sam Hartman's here to get to the playoffs. Yeah, but you're right? just you saying, Lane. He's here to get to the playoffs. So why is Steve Angeli on Notre Dame's roster just to hang out and just chill? No. Is he a quarterback that's going to take Notre Dame to the playoffs? I humbly, my little tiny opinion on this earth, say no. I don't believe he is because I've seen him throw. I've seen the spring games. I've watched. I'm just saying the film is in the camp. I don't think he's a dude that's going to go out there and and uh, take Notre Dame to the next level. That's just well, my you're opinion. also you're also oh based on the spring game. Okay, so after a spring game, when someone doesn't do great, we'll see. Like look, look, folks, it's a spring game, but now we're oh, now we're using the spring game as the criteria. The criteria and, where all everyone wanted to do is give Hartman the Heisman after a spring game, and he threw one pass past 10 yards. What did we tell people? Like, folks, pump the break a little bit. That's what we said on our show. Hey, I'm just trying said. to be, hey, I'm just trying to be brutally honest. So if people want to – Angeli's the number two this year. He is the number two this year. If he's in, hey, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I hope he goes out there and has a heck of a season and he kicks butt. Be rooting for him each and every game, just like we did for Drew Pine. I think Mike Singer and Tim Hyde were the only ones – and all of Notre Dame media that said tons of positives about Drew Pine. People wanted to boo-hoo on Pine all the time, and we'd be like, man, he just did this or he did that. It's like the Clemson game, well, he only had to, you know, he only threw eight passes, and that's all he had to throw. The, it was 45-mile-an-hour wins in that game. Notre Dame didn't have to throw. So there's but certain – Jelly comes in in a spring game, and it's a dink and dunk spring game, So we, but we knock him because he's not throwing the ball past 10 yards. But Pine does it. Why doesn't he throw the ball catch on the back? And Angeli does it. But there are what are you doing in a spring game, Steve. Mike, 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 your love affair with Angeli shows all the time, and that's fine. 
There are routes past 10 yards. Make it make sense, Tim. I just want your logic. He gets the ball and throws it like in two blinks. He throws it so fast. It's almost like he's nervous sometimes. What's he going to do in a game? My humble opinion is a post of Jelly pushing the ball downfield on social media all the time. Mike, routes on air? Okay, I've been one on one. Excuse me, that's what coaches do. Like one on one, the ball downfield. Mike, you're killing me. One on one football is one on one. That's all you do is go bombs away against DBs. I'm just saying, throw the ball down the field. This is hilarious. This is and in scrimmages, we post them on social media. The dude, or excuse me, Notre Dame posts on social media. The dude's putting one on field. Hartman's doing that, not Angeli. But we'll see. We'll see. Right. Hartman missed a game last year. Maybe he misses a game this year. We'll see how Angeli does. He's probably going to get a shot once this year. Kale, you're about this close from being booted on 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 the oh, chat. So just be very careful. Mike sounds like a Michigan. Well, also, what the hell does that mean? Just but Angeli's in the spot where he's at because of transfers. If they're if the if one of those guys don't transfer, he's not even in the conversation. So he's only in this conversation because dudes left and opened the door for him. It, it's it's he's number two by default. Let's be honest about that. Minchie's coming off a shoulder injury. He really didn't do much in the winter and the spring. Aren't those reports true, Tyler? He knows that. So it's not like Minchie's out there 110% being the dude, the freshman, the heir apparent. No, he is number two by default. And I'll say that. I, I don't think anyone else will. That's fine. So you're saying if it was Angeli and Minchie in a quarterback battle next year, Minchie, hands down. If, you're, if, if you want to go off film, high school film, and who's the better football quarterback? Yes. Minchie's the better football quarterback, without a doubt. And you've even seen it on some of the, the passes or you read reports and you see practice film. There's 8 billion practice films out there for anyone to watch, whether it's on Twitter or whatever you do. There's tons of stuff out there to watch. Minchie, Minchie throws dimes. He does. He's out there slinging it sometimes. So, yeah, that, that's just my humble take. I'm not the – I'm, uh, yeah, there's Angeli. He's got one. Who's that to? There you go. There's Flores. There you go, Mike. You got one pass. Exactly. So ye- yesterday he threw three of them, Mike, and he was one for three on passes past 10 yards. So you could show one play over and over again. I hope Angeli's there. I truly do. I've said this a million times. I'm just not one that thinks Angeli's taking Notre Dame to the promised land, and that's where Notre Dame recruits, plays football to get to, which is my take. All right, I was just trolling you back there, Tim, giving you the giving you the spotlight. You 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 know you can't just be so anti Angeli. Be like, oh well, I'll be rooting for him. Like, bro, get out of here. Like, keep well, the no, same. Not anti There's no anti. Energy. Tim Hyde does not anti Notre Dame people. I love Notre Dame football. I don't anti Notre Dame people whatsoever. I just I want Notre Dame to win football games. No, Angeli's a dude no. that's going to go. What would happen if Angeli goes? Games. And you're going to be just like Goolsby whenever Pine would have a decent game. Oh. Well, did you see the blocking? Did you see the re- the receivers running wide open? That's that's exactly what you'll do, Tim. I never – I did not – we could go back a million times last year. I did not boo-hoo on Drew Pine a ton last year. I did not whatsoever. I know. I just said Goolsby did. I said that's what you're that's going to do if Angeli plays this that's year. Does well. Once again, I, I thought Pine did a heck of a job for the situation he was throwing in last year. And – some uh, some goat emojis in the in the chat here. I don't know if you're seeing this, Mike, but is this like your worst nightmare or what? 
I'm just trying to be honest, and that's. And I don't that's think I take. think you're honest, but it's a it's not great. You can say honest. Oh, I'm not a Steve Angeli fan. I don't think Steve Angeli is going to be the next Rick it, Meyer. I don't it, believe that. It, I mean, what? I mean, come on. I look. Do I think that Steve Angeli is going to be the Rick Meyer? I, I don't know, but I'm just saying that people like you are not as high on him as you should be, and that is my opinion. But why should I be high on him when I've watched film? I've watched his film. Why didn't I watched it, Mike? I watched his film. He's a good, solid three-star quarterback. Where he was is what he is. He's not some elite quarterback. He's not going to come here and beat an SEC team in the playoffs. He's not. That's just I, my opinion. I think he can. I I do think okay. he can. All right. Okay. okay. Sam Hartman. The thing just, about this whole conversation that we just had for fifteen minutes, it won't be definitively decided until we actually see this guy on the field. I hope we do. Cause I mean, you know, the landscape of college football these days, things can happen. Uh, you know, Pebble gets kicked down the road and all of a sudden some guys at some other school, I'm not saying that's Angeli's future, but the amount of talk that we've had about him, he deserves a shot. And Hey, that's kind of up to Sam Hartman to give him some shots this year. I Notre Dame needs to be up bad enough in some of these games to where Angeli comes in and actually throws the football. Now, I think you put more stock in that than a blue gold game, to be honest. Uh, you know, Tim's talking about how he doesn't throw the ball down the field. If he would throw the ball down the field, I'm not putting much stock in that anyway, in, in a blue gold game. If he completes passes against other FBS teams, even if it's garbage time and he's able to hit some downfield routes, then I think Tim should at least feel a little bit better about Angeli. He shouldn't come off his take and say, all right, yeah, now he's the guy because Garbage time is garbage time, but we really need to see Angeli throw the ball once in a college game and then after that down the field in a college game before, you know, any of this really matters as much as we want it to. Andrew, the Super Chat says uh, Alex Smith had zero high school film. He's played with Reggie Bush. Angeli also had a run-heavy scheme and maybe Angeli's better than people. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm just telling you guys, like when I saw him at, going to his junior season, like just I, – I, I was just very, very excited about him or, you know, so – I don't know. You can disagree with me, but uh, I don't know. I think that uh, I've said I am biased AF, but I just think the guy can really play. Um, so, yeah, someone said this sounds like Thanksgiving. My, I'm not like my mom going back to that earlier analogy. We'll sit back. No, I'm in there. I'm in there and I'm yelling. And my favorite is when me and Tim. Me and Tim don't yell as much like just there. We, we haven't done that in a while. So, Tim, we got to get back to that, man. There's just, there's just been too much that we've agreed on, and I'm sick and tired of that. So I like yelling at Tim Hyde. It's my favorite. Yeah, I have I have, I have plenty of opinions, and we could. I mean, but we'll have those once the game start. As as the game. I was going to say this is this is a sign that footballs are on the corner. You guys are together because football's 17 days if, away. If Hartman does get hurt, everyone knock on wood, please. Um, and and Steve does start, uh, and he does bad. I might take some vacation time. I was gonna say, yeah, your world comes crashing down. <laughs> it takes a vacation, but yeah. So that's all right. If he does bad, you know, Tommy Reese gets all the blame, so it doesn't really matter. So uh, <laughs> we'll get the Tommy Reese show going on with all the fans. No, no, it'll, him. Still, it'll still very uh, much be. On Steve. that note, though, a reason that I think he's more primed, and I'm not gonna not you know dog on Tommy Reese because I actually respect him, and I think he's a pretty good offensive mind. But I don't know if he was able to oversee these quarterbacks as much as he even wanted to when he was the offensive coordinator. 
Gino Guduli being here, I think, is massive for Steve Angeli. Not so much for Sam Hartman even. It's good to have that voice in his ear every single week. Guduli told me a couple weeks ago that he's going to be on the field, not, not up in the booth. So he's going to be a voice in Hartman's ear, not even in his ear, but, you know, face-to-face contact. I think that's great for Hartman. But for Angeli and Kenny Minchie to have this guy around and literally being two feet away for every single one of their throws, I think they're going to be better for it. So let's end this real quick, Mike. Obviously, we all fully expect to be here a year from now. Who starts in College Station? No idea, dude. Steve Angeli or someone else, Mike? Dude, I'm going to go someone else. I'm going to go someone else. You can get take someone else. Sam Hartman's gone. Sam Hartman's gone after Stanford. Let's say he doesn't even play the bowl game. Notre, you know, if Notre Dame's obviously, if they're in the playoffs, he's playing. Notre Dame's going to the Holiday Bowl. Sam Hartman really going to play? No. So Steve Angeli gets to start in the Holiday Bowl against Oregon State. Um, Steve See how Angeli's, he does? Yeah. I, but just don't, I don't think. I don't, it's, hot take. Maybe Steve Angeli doesn't start that Holiday Bowl because what did Drew Pine do right before the bowl game once he knew that Notre Dame was going to the portal? He went to the portal. He doesn't start that game. So – Minchie. I don't know. It'd be Minchie and the walk-on as the two quarterbacks. It would be Minchie, yeah. But here's the here's why I'm taking the field, even though I'm a Steve Angeli stand as well. Not not to Mike's extent and, and to the degree that Mike supports the guy. I think he's pretty good. I would take the field though, because when we were sitting here on August 9th last year, no freaking way we thought Sam Hartman would be starting against Navy on August 26th, 2023. So you, you got to take the field. You'd be dumb not to in this era of college football. I may also take the field as well if I were betting on it. And Tim, you remember where I would always say like, "There's no way Reese is going to take like a like." And I don't remember which exact year I would be saying this, but like, there's no way Reese is taking back to back years of transfer quarterbacks, right? Because as like your ego as a coach, people are just going to dog your recruiting if you're only taking transfers. But with a new quarterbacks coach, I think you can do that. Right, it's like oh, some of these they're they're not all my guys. Like no, I but so I do think that could play like the ego part of it. I don't think is there for you taking back to back. But Marcus Freeman is the same head coach. He's the guy who runs the program. It's his program. So if he takes back to back transfer quarterbacks, has zero to do with Geno. It's Marcus Freeman. I think it does have to do with Geno. But he's not the head football coach. Mark, if, but he's the if, quarterback's coach. If Notre Dame goes nine and three this year, if Notre Dame goes nine and three this year, they're a one game improvement with Sam Hart. Let's just say they go nine and three. It, what are the odds that Marcus Freeman is going to sit back in year three and just keep the status quo? He's going to go hunting for probably someone else. That's what I've said a thousand times. So it, it, you know, this is going back to the conversation, you know, ages ago. I mean, it's Marcus Freeman. G, you know, you can say Gino's the quarterback coach. He's the quarterback coach. He's not even a coordinator. So it's still Marcus Freeman. So I, I don't know, man. I don't buy Gino is the position coach. He does not, he, he's not picking all right, the quarterback. All right. Then how about this? Gino and Jared, them combined. Because Freeman has said yeah, many okay. times, I don't know offense. He's the head coach and face of the program yes, and defensive guy. I don't think I, I don't think like Freeman impact on I don't think. But that's a okay. Well, that's a massive issue. The head football coach at Notre Dame doesn't know any offense. That's kind of scary if he doesn't know any offense after his second year as a head football coach. I'd be terrified of that. I mean, he's not an offensive guy. It's not his backgrounds. Like he says, I don't. I mean, it. What, well, a head football coach at a Dow Jones component football program, right? It's like, come on. 
does he know more offense than you know me you and the you know in the post yeah but i mean he's a defensive guy okay all right it's but it's his program when are we going to start saying it's Marcus Freeman's program? And who cares about this? We're assistant? just talking about this the quarterback program. transfer discussion. It's like that's that it's a, it's a little bit different. Like I think okay. Freeman would his opinion obviously is very very important on that matter. It should be. I think Jared Parker and, and you know like those offensive staff. Like I think they they're very important to this as well. Like they're the offensive staff. Like I think Freeman trusts his guys. All right. So fired up and Tim, even Timmy and I even have to record a video after this too. So I'm just going to have to stare this dummy in the face. And... Uh, it's all good. It's all of it. It's just talking Notre Dame football. It's having fun, man. It's camp. I, I mean, Mike, we talked about this. I feel like just five days ago for crying out loud. This has been the lo- last off season was fast, crazy. It was going a hundred miles an hour. It just flowed. Yeah. This one feels like it's been three years. I don't know why. Maybe it's, uh, it's just been, let's hurry up and get the football season. So we're so close, guys. We're so close. All right. Uh, that is mostly going to do it. I think we have one more item. I had something for uh, for Horka. You had a 60-second piece for him. I do. So I need – people are going to be like, oh, Singer's removing Hyde from this just because he's mad at him. I just need it for this because I need Horka to have that shot. Hyde can go hang out with all of his homies in the uh, in the chat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will promise you I'll bring this back when I'm done recording. I just need this exact setup for my cropping and editing person purposes. Okay, so Horka, mm-hmm. your question will be who is the one player who surprised you most from fall camp? Do you have an idea on who you're going to go with there? Yeah, I've got an idea. Okay. But based on what Tim was saying earlier, I don't know if, if he'd agree with this, so I don't want a whole other argument to ensue, but – We'll see. We'll give him a couple seconds to see what he thinks. All right, here we go. I see Tim in the in the green room laughing back there. Uh, okay, all right, here we go. Tyler, you have been covering fall camp at Notre Dame. Is there one player that surprised you the most um, from these media viewings at practice? Yeah, I shouldn't say it's really surprising to me because we have sources at blueandgold.com who have told us that this guy has looked like a monster all offseason. And it's Jadarian Price. But why it is surprising to me is because this is a running back who tore his Achilles or ruptured it, whatever word you want to use. It was a pretty gnarly Achilles injury. And there's some athletes out there that never come back from that. And this was 13 or 14 months ago. And first day of fall camp, when we walk in there and we get to see a full-on practice, Jadarian Price is repping as the number two running back in a Notre Dame running back room that has five scholarship guys that could all, and four of those guys could all be the number two behind Audrick Estime. So Janarian Price took his rehab very seriously. He's big. Maybe he doesn't have that jump cut stuff that he that he used to show, but I think he's going to get there eventually, and he's been pretty impressively surprising to me. You're muted, Mike. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think I think we were good. I think we're under 60 seconds there. Yeah. All right, Tim, thoughts? Uh, so hold on. There's The chat is just cracking me up tonight. Um. Late night chat. Yeah. Uh, Kale says, Mike chooses Angeli over Hyde. May he rest in peace. Uh, Singer says, Angeli over Hyde by Tim. Um, hey, we got one from Andrew for, for Mike and Tyler. But I don't even think I've been arguing against Tim in this. I, I've, I've kind of agreed with him on some of this stuff. 
I'm I'm in the middle. I'm neutral. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tyler's the yeah, exactly. Tyler's the Tyler's playing the role. Loose professional emoji. reporter who's reporting on what he's seeing, and there's nothing. Loose wrong. emojis. Truth is always somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's one of my Where favorite. Tyler's at. Tyler's in the middle. Exactly. There oh. you go. There you go. I guess, I guess the kid doesn't walk on water. So I mean, I guess I'll concede that. Uh, I, no, I would. I mean, it's you know, I wrote down. I mean, seriously, how is it? Not, I mean, for me, obviously, I'm a line guy. Pat Coogan. Pat, I mean, Pat Coogan was what? Yeah. I mean, did well, anyone know he was on the team last year? He was what four string scout team hanging out. And how about this little, you know, this little tidbit here for uh, the singer and his recruiting. Pat Coogan was the 600th ranked player in America. He was the the fifth. You know, he's the dead last. He was. Basically, Ashton Craig of, what, 22, and Ashton Craig's now the number two. So when you look at these three stars, and check this out, it, Harry Heastan recruited some dudes during his time. There's only one three-star that started for Notre Dame, and that was Nick Martin. He was in 2015. 16 said Trevor Rulin started a couple of games at the end of the year in 2019. But Pat Coogan could be the first three-star you know, I know people say, what about Joe Alt? Joe Alt was a consensus four-star at the end, thanks to what company, Mike? Andre. Exactly, highest rank. But uh, so if that so if Pat Coogan starts, guys, we're going back to 2015 with Nick Martin as a three-star on opening day starting lineup. That's a long time. I, I mean, he was he was in the COVID class. So I think that's part of it. Like Chicago high school football that year is pretty funky. And if you remember his recruitment, he was like not a big time power five guy. And then Ohio State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, all these big time programs offer him in the span of like two weeks. And then he commits Notre Dame. So like that big period of where you're a, oh, you bust on the scene. Everyone's talking about you as an uncommitted guy. He didn't really get that. It was it was the COVID recruiting cycle and he committed to Notre Dame so fast. I mean, again, he did have a pretty big time offer list. Um, so and I think I mentioned on a, a week or two ago, Tim, like Coogan, someone I was like, man, I'm glad we're talking about Pat Coogan. No one talks about him anymore. Like he's kind of forgotten guy. Here's the offer list. Notre Dame, Ohio State, LSU, Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Michigan, Tennessee, uh, and many others. That does not sound like a little three-star offer list, right? If I told you those schools, you would not say number 600 player in the country. Um, did did so, Illinois play? Do you remember, Mike? Did they Were they one of the states that didn't play? I can't remember if they were a spring or what they were. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. They right. might have been a shortened fall type deal. I I can't remember. Yeah. So this film was nice. I remember breaking down his high school film with you. It was like, yeah. it was violent. He's not going to live in the heck out of people. So he, yeah. he's a big dude, isn't he, Tyler? Him and Rocco. You got two big thick guards out there, don't you? Yeah. And guys, I, man, they're, they're I all big. Phone call. I got to take this phone call. Hello, yeah, you're Tim Hyde's replacement, right? You like Steve Jelly, huh? Oh, oh yeah, you're Lordy, Lordy. Great for this position. I'm so glad to bring you on. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. You All can't right, bye, Brady Quinn. offensive line talk with that singer. Can't interrupt good offensive line talk with Sorry, it's Brady Quinn calling me. Uh, <laughs> nothing but nothing but love for it. Real quickly on, uh, on Coogan, this is why I didn't pick him as most surprising. It's because he hasn't really shown me anything that looks any different than what he has in the first two years. So his situation is definitely surprising. If he were to start against Navy on August 26th and I'm up there in that press box in Ireland, which, by the way, 
I got this thing. It's not leaving my sight. This is nice, sick. dude. You got it. Let's go. When did that come in? Um, a week or two ago, like oh, right, when fall, okay. right when fall camp started. Good um, stuff. Yeah, if I'm sitting there in that press box and I see Pat Guggen starting, that's when I'm like, okay. "Wow, this is really happening." And I guess we'll know that. Uh, maybe not because Notre Dame doesn't always show everything on its pregame depth chart on Monday or whatever it is, but. It might say Billy Shrouth or Pat Coogan, but I'm surprised by his situation because I haven't really seen anything different from him. And, and I hope that's not telling of or indicative of what that situation is for the guard play as a whole, because they need to find a guy. And if that's Pat Coogan or Billy Shrouth, I don't care who it is. They need to find a guy. Let me, let me just throw out one more name since, since we have Tyler here is Gabriel Rubio. Rubio seems like a guy, another guy who's been hidden you know, played a little bit last year and whatnot, big pr- physical presence, highly, highly ranked high school football player when he came to Notre Dame. But, man, it sounds like he is really – he's going to play a lot of football this year. I don't know what these defensive linemen did differently this offseason, but there's guys who are getting to the corner quarterback, especially from tackle positions, that we didn't really see them do that last year. Gabriel Rubio is one of those. Even Riley Mills, now that he's, you know, full-time three-tech, he was annihilating the middle of off the offensive line, the interior last night. Oh, oh my goodness, was he getting there. So, And Rubio's not surprising to me because I was lucky enough to do a feature on him. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. His dad is one impressive dude, played a lot of football, professional football, comes from a good family. Like you said, Tim, huge guy, uh, nice off the field. But once you get on the field and he's got that eye black on, I think he still wears the middle bar face mask, like menacing dude. And I think – He's one of those guys that I've been saying his time is coming. His time is coming. I think his time is now. He's going to play a big role uh, in the middle of that defense. Yeah, love to see him sticking it out. And that's what we called the dookie stick. That's what I called in high school. Uh, Andrew Gilmore asks, who's his dad? Angel Rubio. Uh, you can look him up. Uh, played a few years in the NFL, and I think he did some Arena Football League stuff too. So, um, yeah, some of that Notre Dame NFL pedigree. Well, cool. Guys, great show, Tyler. It's always fun to bring you on. Really looking forward to your show. We'll have more details about that. Um, you know, we'll tweet, post it on the website, all that stuff. Um, so you'll, you'll be able to find that soon. Um, Tim, I'm really looking forward to the comment section on this one after the show. I think it's going to be a lot of Mike Singer. Hey, Tim, you're muted, buddy. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of, uh, of people loving up Tim Hyde. And I'm no, fine with no, it. It'll be 50-50. It's like the message board. There's 50. There's a lot of uh, Steve, Steve and Jelly love out there. People don't like that. I think they're going to the portal. So I get a lot of hate. Uh, I get a lot of hate fan mail on that. So it's, it'll, it'll be 50, 50, it'll be 50, 50. No. no. <laughs> 70, 30. I'm being nice. I'm being nice. I guess. 70, 30. Hey, as long as you, I, at least I'm like, Hey, I'm biased AF here. So you take that with, take this with a you know, few grains of salt. I mean, that's, not, that, that's fine. Uh, Domer Wap, great comment. We're an hour and a half in. Uh, one of our longer Wednesday shows we've done. He says, it's nice that Tim got out of that dark cave. I'm so glad that someone brought this up. Tim yeah. is not at the in-laws. He's at, yeah. he's at his own house there. Not at the, uh, and the lighting not is in, exquisite. Yeah, the dark cave. I got the dark cave. You got Goolsby with the tiny house. So we got uh, <laughs> Blue and Gold's got some. Uh, some. Yeah, exactly. You're you're there You know, at Hesburg Library. So yeah. you're good to go. That dark cave. I like, I'm going to save it. I'm going to show my uh, mother-in-law that one right there. <laughs> yeah. This fat head was a, f- a fantastic. I don't know. It's 70, 80 bucks or whatever. I mean, been using this for years. So it's a nice investment. I don't know if my guests love staying in my office when they're here, but 
um, to see to see touchdown Jesus. People aren't Notre Dame fans, but but yeah, I'm partial to what I got behind me here. Those are the first two Blue and Gold Illustrated magazines that my name ever appeared in. So I think you got Kyron Williams, and I'm I'm looking backwards. Kevin Austin. Kevin Austin, yeah, first two that I ever uh, ever appeared in. Pretty cool. And did I, you get that blown up or something? That's not regular. Yeah, up. It's like, how'd you do that? Did you just send it in the image or something? And yeah, FedEx or whatever. It's so cool. Yeah. I have a couple that are similar like that. I just, they're sitting in my closet. My, my, my two covers that I took the picture of, two recruiting issues. But all right. Well, I think that's it. Tim, do you have any closing thoughts here? No, no. I mean, we're two weeks from camp. Exciting. Um, two weeks it was from awesome. Camp. You know, the job, you know, Tyler, I mean, Tyler's got like, you know, 73 articles since last night and they're, and they're all awesome to read. Seriously. I, I woke up bright and early this morning, excited. So good things. Um, my, I got one last question. When do you guys talk to Freeman next? Is it, you know, you know, I guess that's the big thing. And then, and then we get ready for Navy week basically coming up. Yeah. We were supposed to talk to him yesterday, but I think they ixnated it because the setup would have been terrible. I mean, you had, probably 30 media people. And how are you going to scrum that on the field with cameras? And anyway, didn't talk to him uh, Tuesday. We talked to him Saturday. So I think we're going to have a ton of updates. And then from there, I think we don't talk to him again till Monday prior to the game. So Saturday is going to be a big press conference though. Cause I mean, we'll, we will have had two and a half weeks of camp at that point. And you know how much happens in two and a half. I mean, look at everything that we talked about today that was different than the last time I came on here. So He's going to answer a lot of questions on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to that because there's a lot there's a lot to ask him. You guys are right. practice Saturday and then get to talk. Or uh, we'll practice talk. tomorrow, so okay. Thursday and Friday. No practice Saturday for us, but we're we'll talking to him on Saturday. So, okay. but they practice Saturday, just no availability. Just other than Friday. I could tell you right now. I can too. Um, uh, no, they they do not practice on. Oh yeah, they do. They do. It's just completely close to media. Practice number 15 is closed to media on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. BC, really appreciate you coming in this as well. Happy birthday to Lou Samoji. Um, happy birthday in heaven to the GOATs of Notre Dame athletics coverage. Uh, 61 years ago today uh, is when Lou was – or, excuse me, on the 8th yesterday uh, when, when Lou was born. So, um, yeah, please uh, keep your thoughts and – prayers with uh with Lou's family um you know yeah definitely miss him I think all of the time man if we had Lou on this show it'd be so awesome to get his in his you know his uh, thoughts on things just like the Lou Samoji show come on so uh yeah rest in peace to uh, Lou Samoji all right fun show love the banter love the debate appreciate you guys for for tuning in today make sure uh you catch us uh next week as well we'll have a recruiting show Friday um Goolsby show Sunday night will be really good to hear from Goolsby kind of do a season prediction type show with him uh, get his thoughts on some of the recent headlines in Notre Dame football um, but yeah and then we'll be back next Wednesday make sure you head over to bloomgold.com hit that thumbs up on the video before you get out of here subscribe to our channel for more content podcast people leave a nice review if you haven't yet and as always folks we will catch you next time